Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, you felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Thanks for watching. Today we have a very special guest. Um, I have been a fan of our uh, of John for a very long time. If you ever watched uh, the fantastic show, <laughs> the long-running TV series, The Ghost Whisperer, uh, he is the mastermind behind this show and many other projects as well. But we're going to talk about a couple different things today. He has a brand new book that was just released recently, uh, The Desecrated. Uh, and uh, it makes perfect sense that you would write such a great book like this, considering all of your other work. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yes. Well, this book is a really fantastic supernatural thriller. Um, and uh, we'll make sure that we link it in our show notes so people can access this. But, um, you know, you've written so many fantastic projects and, and been of so many part of so many great things. But this is your first book. So I'm very curious, um, at what point did you decide, you know, I think I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. And maybe I mean, you're still writing, obviously, but sure. doing it in a different format and and doing it in a book form. Well, I have been wanting to write a novel for a really long time, probably like you know, like most people in the world. Uh, and you know, I love the horror genre, as you as you can probably tell. Um, and so, when the pandemic hit, you know, in in twenty twenty, those those first few months, um, and all my productions had shut down, and it, you know, everything was just dead on the film and, and TV front. And so, I just realized this is the time. If, if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. Yeah. And so I just sort of, um, you know, sat down or, or stood up in my case and uh, and just um, dove in. And, and you know, it was a great learning experience. I'd never, I'd, I'd actually, I'd written a couple of other novels that, that you know, never, I, not only not only were not published, but I didn't even show them to anybody because I, I just knew they were, weren't very good. <laughs> but, uh, 
I, I had, you know, so I had that little experience behind me. Um, but uh, it was a great learning experience and so very different from screenwriting um, uh, that, uh, you know, it kept me on my toes in the entire process. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I think during that pandemic time when everybody was stuck at home, a lot of people were trying to figure out what to do, you know, because if they're on television or they're touring, you know, there was like a handful of options that you could do. You could start a podcast or you could write a book. Uh, I had a comedian on <laughs> earlier on this year and he sort of made the joke that, you know, everybody's managers <laughs> started calling and saying, hey, we got to figure out something to do, you know, because um, it's just a time where there was so much creativity birthed. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. it, yeah. it, it uh, it's just it's it's really fun to sort of see the positive that came out of that time frame. You know what I mean? And I think this book Absolutely. really stands for that, if that makes any sense. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So did you find writing a book a bit more challenging than perhaps maybe screenwriting for television or film, or is the process uh, sort of the same as far as writing is concerned? Well, it's very, it is very, very different. Um, you know, I mean, I've been writing for TV and movies now for 30 odd years and it's still challenging. Every time I sit down, it's, it's brutal you know, process. But the novel um, process was a very steep learning curve because, uh, and I, I ended up loving it because in, in scripts, as you know, in script writing, you really strive for economy all the time. Yeah. You try to figure out how best to tell the story visually, purely visually if possible. Uh, and and you're always, if you're in television, you're always worried about the running time and you got to fit into a slot. But of course, in novels, you don't have to worry about really any of that. Um, you know, your your only real uh, parameter is, is how good is your story and how entertaining can your writing be. And so, you know, I love the opportunities I had to, if I wanted to delve into a character's backstory a little little bit, I wanted to tell a funny story about how, how this person grew up or or some horrible thing that happened to them in the past, I could just go down that alley and do that uh, in a novel. And then just come back to to where I was in the story, whereas you, you know, very very difficult to do that, you know, in, in script form. So I felt I was able to just really write a more well rounded story um, with fully developed backstories and fully developed histories for these characters, uh, and that's that was a great luxury for me to be able to just spend the time uh, using words, uh, you know, to paint pictures instead of pictures to paint pictures. I love it. And that's one of the things that I find fascinating about your job in particular. And I've had other writers on and I have a question that I always like to ask. And I think you already answered it a little bit. Um, I'll go ahead and ask it now. <laughs> um, do you you've obviously had massive levels of success, you know, outside of the Ghost Whisperer, you've been a part of other things, too. But do you do you enjoy the writing process? Like, is it fun for you or is it like, OK, you know, I've got to bear down and just really, you know, put every ounce of my being into this, even whether it's a book or even let's just say film or television. Like, is it a fun process for you or is it like, you know, a love hate <laughs> relationship, so to speak? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I really do enjoy the process of writing, okay. uh, uh, except not always. You know, there, there there's times when you're you're running up against a 
a story problem, a character problem. You suddenly realize something you've been working on for a month doesn't make sense. It's got to be scrapped. You know, those are the horrible moments. But uh, aside from those, I do enjoy, I enjoy the solitude of it. Um, I enjoy the idea of um, just trying to grab things out of the air and form them into something that wasn't there before. Um, same thing as, as, as directing. You know, it's, it's that same thing that, that appeals to me. Uh, and, you know, I've got my rituals. There's a certain time every day I'm at my desk. And, okay. um, you know, I got I, I have a candle going, you know. Uh, I have music. And so I've, I've sort of over the years learned what things help me um, uh, in the process and what things make me feel calm and relaxed and open. Um, and so I, I really do have to say that I love it, except for those times when uh, it's not going well. <laughs> yeah, I've had several creators on. I had Doug Allen, who created Entourage. We've had the creator of Homeland on the show before. And I <clears throat> they all say very similarly the same things, especially when you're on a show and it's going from season to season and you might have cast changes or it was funny, Doug Allen in particular, I asked him about the show Bible. I said, did you have a show Bible? He's like, no, we did not. That's why you notice like from season to season, like some things are different, you know, relationships aren't quite synced up because there wasn't a ton of continuity, but I digress. I want to talk about the book because this is a very, uh, you know, if you love horror, uh, the macabre, this is definitely something that you're going to enjoy. It's, I would say, probably more of a realistic look at the darker side of human nature and sort of how people kind of exist. Um, and of course, the main character, without giving too much, uh, you know, sort of kind of has these visions a little bit and starts to sort of see, you know, the possible the impossible possible how did you sort of create this world i mean it, was it easy for you considering your background or did you just have to sort of go straight to the drawing board and and kind of start from scratch so to speak well you know there's always ideas that have been dancing around in my head for for years sometimes before i actually get enough information about them in my own head to put them on paper uh, and, you know, I, I love horror. I love gothic horror. I'm not as big a fan of, you know, slasher movies and okay. blood and gore, though there's there's plenty of both in, in the book. But I, I really love kind of old-fashioned gothic horror. Okay. You know, give me a good cemetery, a good haunted house, you know, love that. And so to me, there's no better setting for a gothic horror story uh, than a morgue. And um, <laughs> true, you know, actually, uh, back in 2015, I read a news article about Lindsay Lohan, who had been sentenced to community service at the L.A. County morgue for like 53 days. I think it was another, you know, whatever infraction or DUI, whatever it was she was being punished for. And that just struck me like, first of all. What an amazing sense of humor from that judge to, to come up with that idea. And then what's it like for the people who work in the morgue? You know, they're not really, for the most part, used to interacting with celebrities in the morgue unless they're dead. So <laughs> you know, what's that like for, for, for the people who work at the morgue? So that idea had been in my head for a very long time. And when I finally started thinking about what a novel might be, I I kind of clung to that idea. And then I decided just to kind of reverse the roles and to make it a, a young male 
uh, action English heartthrob movie star who crosses paths with this young woman who works the night shift at the morgue. And she's dealing with her own grief and her own kind of trying to reset her life. And then this larger-than-life guy kind of comes in there and, and turns everything upside down. Um, so that, that's really the genesis of it. And, and, you know, once I had those basic elements in place, then you start to think about, well, who else is in this story? You know, who's, who's going to present obstacles? Who's going to help them? Uh, and then, you know, the fun begins. Yeah, and it's a thrill ride for sure. And I want people to know that this is available, of course, in ebook through Amazon, Barnes & Noble as well well as all the major online booksellers in your local bookstore. Um, I have my it's copy. It's in print as well. What's that? It's available in print as well. Yes, print. And of course, I think print is always the way to go unless you, you know, you're just on the go all the time. Ebook is good. I had uh, your publicist sent me an electronic copy and then I went out and actually bought a copy of the book to have. because so I like the physical too, just the smell and the turn of the pages. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think it's just good to read an old fashioned book from time to time with all the great technology that we exist. Well, as we wrap up here, um, I do want to talk about, you know, your the the elephant in the room here, the ghost whisperer, because it was such a fantastic show and just ran for multiple seasons and was so good. Um, you know, when you're putting a show together like this and you're creating it and then pitching it and selling it, once it gets to the place where you know now you know it's going to be on TV. How much of a say do you have in the casting and in the involvement, or does it sort of change hands for you once you've got everything done and it's gone through the the process, so to speak, to make it to a, a network series? Well, I mean, once you know, once the network is involved, um, you know, they do have approvals over everything. Um, but you know, one hopes that you have a good relationship with the network. Uh, and in most cases, you know, the network bought your idea. They like what you have to say. They like your vision. And so um, in, in a best world, the best case you know, scenario, um, you are accorded a certain amount of respect and deference because this is you know, kind of your vision, uh, which is not to say that there aren't times when you just you bang heads with the network because they see it this way. I see it that way. Um you know, CBS, we had a really good and smart bunch of executives. We rarely had any serious conflicts. And I never really felt like something got shoved down my throat. Um, you know, we discussed everything, but you have to be collaborative. You, you, you know, this is not a business. The TV business is not for someone who must have just strictly go their own way and, and not have any feedback. <laughs> you know, feedback is a way of life. Uh, you just have to learn how to deal with it and how to minimize uh, any damage from it. Yeah, I like your answer. That That's very true. This is a very collaborative business. You have to be open to ideas um, unless you just want to write a screenplay and sell it and be done with it. And then that's a different story. But a TV show that runs for multiple, multiple seasons, I'm sure you have to just be open to whatever they might have. Well, I tell you, it was such a good show. And again, you know, I, I just want to make sure people know all the other things that you've written and been a part of i mean decades long um you know just so much great work one last question sort of winding the clock back a little bit what interested you in becoming a storyteller like where did that process begin for you you know it started as a little kid i, I was i was very lucky in that i i got this bug 
at a very, very early age. And I think growing up in Brooklyn, uh, that kept me out of trouble and kept me kind of goal oriented. But um, I I used to think as a like a 10 year old kid I, that the actors did it all because that's how I experienced storytelling mm. on, on film or on TV. It was through the actors. So of course I want to be an actor. And um, uh, in the behind my my building, I grew up in, in Brooklyn. Uh, there was a loading dock, and you know you could sort of see it maybe as a stage. And so I used to put on plays for my neighborhood friends, starring me, of course. And um, uh, we were you know I, I was obsessed with the Civil War, so I would do historical plays. But I used to get frustrated that I couldn't control my audience, such as they were, uh, where they looked. What they were looking at a certain, you know, if I pulled if I pulled out a gun, you know, I wanted them to see my face angry and the person I'm pointing a gun at their face scared and the gun itself. And on stage, I couldn't do that. And I start to realize I can do that with a camera. I can start to actually do shots and, and build the sequence that way. And so that's when I really got into the whole idea of movie making. And luckily for the world, you know, lost interest in acting. Um, but I start to realize that the consciousness. <laughs> Behind the camera, that's not just the actors that are that that that, that is doing it, that's telling the story, and that's really how I got you know how I got the bug, and it just kind of evolved naturally, you know, from there. I mean, I just uh, sometimes I think it's a miracle that I managed to you know, be employable, uh, just given the fact that I grew up in Brooklyn, I didn't know anybody, you know, I had no, um, it just I was too stupid to realize it was it was impossible to do. Wow, and here we are. And what a career you've had. Well, everybody, please make sure you check out this book and read it. Uh, we'll put links to it for you to check out. Uh, John Gray, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time. You and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. It felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. 